0: Good morning, church. Uh, listen, I'm not preaching. Come on, say, oh Aw. Oh, do it again. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, um, I have the privilege and the pleasure to kind of introduce you guys to our guest speaker today, and we're so excited to have him. We were very blessed for service, and I know second service will be just as uh, just as awesome. Um, this uh, the speaker that I'm about to introduce, uh, he is... He's a very personal friend of our, of our pastor, Derek Fry. He serves at the Relate uh, board of the Relate uh, coaching. You guys know Relate, right? Yeah. Uh, he and, and they're a blessing. He is a blessing to me personally. He has been a huge influence in my life, um, it, but then also in the lives of many thousands of people. He uh, pastors a church about five, five years old, right now, about five years old in Tarpon Springs, Florida, uh, called the Chapel, and we have the. The, the pleasure of having him speak to us today uh, him and his, his wife uh, Trish is here too and we're so glad but before I even tell you who he is let's take a look at a video which is kind of a preview that we put together of about something that you guys are going to have today go ahead
1: I just don't want to be another church in our community I want our leaders to be a catalyst In the house of God so that they would leave and be an influence to the in the influence that God has given them in their families in their businesses in their cubicles they would say that because they understood they looked past the surface of what was going on this is an opportunity to have God prove who he is and who I'm not because this could not be worked out whether it's spiritual relational financial unless God shows up and I don't want you to have those bad burrito moments where you wake up and you believe God is speaking and God is saying things, but it is the chalupa.
0: He is a guy that can make you cry and laugh at the same time. Come on, let's give a very warm connect welcome to Pastor Q.
1: Yeah! Come on! Here we go! Woo! Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. Great to have you guys. Listen... I want to know how I get to be the guest pastor when you lose an hour sleep. Has that happened? <laughs> pastor Derek and I are no longer friends. However, we love Stacy and the family, of course. Pastor Derek, eh, not so much. You know, listen, man, I'm so excited to be here this morning. It's so great. Just a couple of things. You heard Pastor Mark say that he loves strawberries. Let's clear up a couple of things. I hate strawberries. I hate strawberries. <laughs> the second thing, and we're going to thin out the crowd right now. You guys can go get us coffee if you leave. He says he loves the Red Sox here in Tampa. We hate the Red Sox, okay? Just so we're clear, right? We actually believe that David Price has lost his soul, okay? We have lost his soul. We are praying for him in Tampa to come back to know Jesus, to come back to the Holy Land, and if not, he will burn. Okay, listen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on. Come on. Last time. That's right. Last time. Great to have you. See you. The last time I was here, uh, I got to go to Fenway and see a game. There is really uh, no better place to catch a baseball game. Let's, say. let's face it, guys. So absolutely incredible. Other, other, uh, other, other than the team, you know what I mean? But other than that. Listen, this morning for a little bit, I want to talk about something that we all love. We all love to wait, don't we? Don't we just love to wait? You know what I mean? It was like waiting. You know that we lost an hour's sleep, and you get up. You don't want to miss church. You don't want to miss anything. you sleep in. whatever, and you wait. Oh, is it really time you get up yet? Is it really time? So you're up actually two hours before you should be up because you're worried about the time. I don't know of anybody really. Now, the first service, they love to wait because they were first service. They're the most spiritual. Amen. They're the most spiritual. <laughs> but but I don't know of anybody who really wants to wait, who really enjoys waiting. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my wife was sick. and, And man, you know, guys, help me out. Because every guy should step up to the plate. I'm a man's man. So when your wife is sick and she says, honey, I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to do one thing. And outside, you're like, sweetheart, whatever you want. And inside, you're going, dear God, I hope it's not what I think it is. And she says, she goes, I need you to do a little food shopping for me. I need you to go to the grocery store, okay? Guys, you gotta step up. You gotta go to the grocery store, all right? And watch, we go, in Florida, the grocery store is Publix. It's a big Publix, all right? Yeah, it's a big one, that's right, it's where Jesus is, in Publix, right? So I go, so I go, babe, listen, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to Publix, what do you need? And she starts rattling off a couple of things for me, and I'm like, okay, okay, because I'm a man, what what don't I do? I don't write it down, because it's all right here, all right? So I go, and listen, no one likes to wait, and now the Publix by us, absolutely packed all the time so what I do is I go in and I'm trying to think through okay I'm gonna get this get that I got the cart I'm rolling the cart I get all these things and what I know is I for me maybe it's just me I don't want to wait I don't want to wait in the line to check out. So what I do is I knock down her item list, which is about 20. I knock it down to what? The 10 essentials. Why? Because of that line, 10 items or less. I start going through the cart and I say, well, we really don't need that. We really don't need this. We really don't need that. But these are the 10 most essential. So I get in that line. I see it. It's like a glimmer of heaven, okay? And I see it, 10 items or less. When I drive up with the cart, there's someone coming is a woman coming, and we're both kind of colliding, right? I don't know why I said woman. Just go with me, okay? Watch. We're colliding right at 10 items or less, okay? And so because I'm a spiritual pillar, all right? I'm holy. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. What do you do? You just go, go ahead. You just smile. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, go ahead. Go right ahead. So she gets in front of me, and I stand behind. As she's putting the food on the the belt, right, on the belt to be checked out, she's looking at me going, thank you. What I'm realizing is I'm looking at her cart. <laughs> yeah, there's not 10 items. There's not 10 items. I'm going 13, 14, 15, 17, 18, 19. Oh, I'm going to smack. Not 20, 21, 22. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, lady, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 items. This is 10. I don't like waiting. So as she's putting the line on her the, food on the conveyor, she's looking at me like, oh, Thank you so much. And now I'm going, I've got nothing to say to you this morning. I have nothing to talk. I'm not even going to, you give her what I like to call just the Italian stare. And you just got to wait and you wait until her eyes leave your eyes. And then you do the, and you just walk away slowly, slowly, like there's going to be a hit in the back of the room. 10 items. No one likes to wait. No one, especially me. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait for things. I don't like to, oh, it's going to take a couple of days. Anytime you order things online now, it's like, how much does it really cost to really get something drop shipped or two days in? We, don't, we live in a society that what we want, we usually get when? Now. We live in a culture That progressively has gotten to the point where the things that we want, the things that we could be, let's say, praying for, the things that we're thinking about, the things that we desire, we usually will get now. It's remarkable to me that sometimes on weekends, uh, Pastor Derek will text me and he'll go, hey, man, I want you to have a great service. We have a Saturday night service and a couple on Sunday. And then I'll text him on Sunday and say, hey, man. Have a great day. Speak confidently. In 30 seconds, if I want to talk to somebody, I can talk to somebody. Immediately, I can talk to somebody. And then I'll text him and say, you will never preach as good as me. I'll usually do that. (laughs) Part of the reason, part of the the encouragement you have, that part of the reason why we live in a culture like this, why it's just, hey, man, when I want something, I get it now. Part of it is because of this right here. Isn't it? The microwave? Don't we love this thing? Isn't it great? Dr. William Spencer in 1954, check this out, in 1954 created the microwave. Okay, The first microwave was six feet wide and three feet tall. It was like the first cell phone. Remember the first cell phone? It was like talking on a brick. Remember that? The microwave and the marketing push for the microwave. When the microwave first came out, what it said was, your time is too valuable to what? Wait. Your time was too valuable to wait. And so what we do now, or maybe it's just me, I'll put something in the microwave. I'll put something in his microwave. Listen. And I don't even wait. I don't even go by the suggested timing on the microwave. <laughs> Everything to me is three minutes power level nine. Nine. Everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. And instead of looking at the timer, I'll put something in the microwave, three minutes, power level, level nine, and I'll just stare at it. I'll just stare at it. Because why? Because three minutes. That's right. Three minutes is a long time. You'll, there's prayer after service. Well that prayer after service. Three minutes. I, I, I feel like three minutes is enough. Even though the microwave will tell me. No, no, no. Uh, the other day, my wife's sick, so I cooked. Why? Because I'm godly, okay? So what I did is I took the corn, you know the corn, you put the corn, you put microwave corn, you put it in, put this side of the bag up, everybody knows it, right? You put it in, you put it in there. What, what do we do? I don't read the bag. I'm oh, a man. Three minutes, power level nine. I take out the bag. I take out the bag. And you open up the bag like that, and it's kind of like getting a facial. It's kind of like just this Steam. And then you just pour it into the bowl and the first couple of kernels, oh my gosh, they're so good. And then you get to the still frozen kernels and it's like eating peanuts. It's just crunch. It's just crunch. You don't ever tell anybody that. Why? Because you're a man. But what I've done is what I've said is three minutes is enough for me. Here we go. Listen, this morning, I want you to lean in. I want you to lean in because we're going to discover some things in God's word. How, how waiting for God looks completely different. Waiting. God's waiting looks completely different than your waiting and mine. Right. See, because I take the corn out, I put it in three minutes because I feel like that's enough time for me to wait. Why? Because my time's valuable. But what I've realized... What we'll realize, if we haven't already, if I take something out of the microwave and I don't leave it in the time that's necessary, what I take out of the microwave isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's because I've rushed the process. I'll take it out of the microwave and it's not, listen, it's not meant for me to consume it in the intention that it was created. That's what'll happen. But what I've decided is three minutes is enough for me. Three minutes is an I'm good. Four minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. The bag says eight minutes. Eight minutes on power level six. I know better. Three minutes, power level nine, I'm good. I'll crunch some of those kernels, it's okay. Yeah. Waiting in God's economy, in God's kingdom, is completely different. It has completely different purposes. Looks completely different than waiting for you and I. I don't wanna wait. Lady, you got 27 items, get out of line. Come on, I don't wanna wait like that. There's no way. You ever been in line, okay, side note. You ever been in line like at a coffee place, this little place, I don't know if you have them here, called Starbucks? You're in line and it's, it's early in the morning and you're going and there's four or five people in line and you'll wait, like you can wait. You have patience for two or three, but if you're Italian, your limit is three people, all right? people four and five and you get up there and you get to the line and all of a sudden the person in front of you, they've been there almost as long as you have. And when they get up to the counter, the barista says what would you like? And they look at the menu and they go um, um I found out that those people go to Connect Community Church. Stop. Stop it. Stop. This will be my last time here. No one likes to wait. No one likes to wait. I want to look at a story this morning for a little bit. Why does God's waiting look different? The story is so rich. It's so, it's so oh man, there's just so much to it. God's word. God's voice to us today. His word. Amen. Amen. Exodus 13. When Pharaoh let the people go, and we know the story. We've seen it, uh, uh, right? Charlton Heston parting the Red Sea. Ah! The whole deal, right? We've seen it. God speaks to Moses and says, listen, I've got something for you to do. I actually have this purpose for you. What I want you to do is I want you to free my tribe. I want you to free the Jewish people. I want you to free my people from the tyranny from Pharaoh, from slavery. I want you to free them. He goes through this whole entire situation where Pharaoh doesn't want to let the people go, so there comes these plagues to convince Pharaoh to go, to let the people go. Here's where we pick up the story. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them, the Israelites, God's people, the Jewish people, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. So so here we have the Jewish people, God saying to the Jewish people, listen, I've got this promise. Here we go. Ready? Lean in. Lean in. Here we go. I've got this promise for you. I've got this answer to prayer for you. I've got my voice showing up to direct you. I've got this answer to this situation. I've got, I'm bigger than the circumstance that you're sitting in. I've got this thing for you. Here it was what? The promised land for the Jewish people. For us it might be something different. I've got this thing over there for you. And I can take you on this route. Although it was shorter. The word says that I could have taken you on this route. But it's shorter. But, but I, I can't. I can't get you to it. Why? It says, because if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. They might change their mind. Listen, I've got this answer for you. This thing that you've been waiting for, a job situation, a relationship, a husband, a wife, a healing. I've got this answer to prayer for you. I have this and I can take you the short way because I am God. I can take you the shorter way, but if I do, if I just give it to you right now, if I microwave your answer, if I give it to you immediately, ah, it might come out in a way that it wasn't intended. You might treat it differently. So what I have to do is I have to take you another way, because although he was going to lead him through the Philistine country, he said, no, I can't do that. Because they may face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Side note, you ready? Side note. God is always doing things to move you towards him instead of moving you away. Always. 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 He said, no, I can't do that. Imagine being the Jewish people. 40 years. 40 years to get to what God said I could have, to what God promised I could have. 40 years. Some theologians, some scholars say that even if they walked every day for eight hours, that the trip would have taken two weeks. Some argue six months, regardless, that's a lot less than 40 years, huh? But God says, "Look, I can't do that because they're not. They're not ready. They're not ready. That way is shorter. That way is a short. The shortcut might seem sexy. Might seem nice. Might seem quicker. Might give it to you right away. But they're not ready. They're not ready. Look at the scripture. A- a- Exodus 23, 30. I, God speaking, Old Testament, Yahweh. He says, I will drive them. Who are the enemies? I will drive your enemy Here, the context is enemies, the Philistines. Our context, I will drive your circumstance. I will remove your obstacle. That hardship, I will drive it. I will move it away from you. How, the scripture says, little by little. Little by little, until you become fruitful. Some translations say strength. Until you become fruitful and take possession What I'm going to do is I'm going to take your obstacle and I'm going to move it away little by little from you. Not because I don't love you. Not because I don't want to show up in your life. I'm removing it little by little. Because God uses, I want you to write this down, God uses the weight to strengthen your heart. He uses the weight to strengthen your heart. I can take it. I can answer it now. I'm God, you're not. I can answer it. I can do anything I want right now. I can answer that prayer. I can heal that right now. I can get rid of that circumstance. I can create that job opportunity. I can put the love of your life in your path. But the reality is, if I give it to you right now, see what happens, listen, what happens is we begin to believe that God doesn't want to answer our prayer because we did something or said something last week that he doesn't want to deal with. We begin to think that God's not listening. We begin to think that He doesn't care. There's a lot going on in the Middle East. What does He care about my little problem? And God's going, no, no, you don't understand. The waiting, the waiting for those things in our lives. I've, I've been praying for something almost every day, not every day, almost every day, for 15 years. I don't know why God hasn't answered it. I don't. I don't. And what we've got to come to grips with is God's not saying no. He's he's just saying not yet. He's, He's not saying no. He's just saying not yet because in the wait... In the wait, much like the beginning of the story with the Israelites, in the wait, he said, no, I'm going to take you the longer way. I'm going to take you down this route. I'm going to take you over here because I'm strengthening your heart. I'm strengthening your heart because I don't want you to what? Think of the story. Because I don't want you to walk away from me. Because if I show them this and I, and I give them, they're going to meet the enemy too soon. They'll give up and go back. See, I can't put that near you. I can't put it close to you. I can't put it on you. Because I don't want you to walk away. I want you to walk towards. Oh, See, what he's saying, what he's saying is I want you to strengthen your heart. And it's in this moment. Listen, this is what I had to learn. It's in this moment that we answer the question, do we believe that God is good or not? Do we believe in the weight In the wait, do we believe that God is good and he's my father and he knows what's best? Because what happens in the wait, God uses the wait to strengthen our hearts. But what happens in the wait is things uh, begin to come to the surface. Things begin to surface in our life. First thing that happens is we begin to grumble. We begin to grumble. I can't believe, I can't, I, I should have done anything else but to go to grocery shopping for my wife. I should have done anything else. Oh, lady, 27. Oh, I knew it. I just, that's why I hate it. That's why I hate grocery shopping. No man should be at Publix grocery shopping. I just grumble. I start to grumble in the wait. I start to go, God, where are you? What I I do in, in the wait is I lose focus. I lose focus. I lose focus on what is God trying to do? It's here. It's here. Listen, focus. I lose focus sometimes. It's because here, our spiritual enemy, just so we're clear, if you believe in God theologically, then you have to believe in something that's opposite, that does nothing but three things according to scripture, steal, kill, and destroy. That's the only thing. There's no agenda here, guys. There's three things that our spiritual enemy does, steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. And what I'm going to try to do as an enemy, I'm going to try to kill the thoughts that pursue you moving close to God instead of moving away from God. And it's when in lost focus, what I'm going to do is challenge your thinking as your spiritual enemy going, God doesn't want you to have that prayer. God doesn't want you to answer that. God's mad at you. God doesn't. He's getting you back for that thing you said, that thing you did that you were not created to do. God's just punishing you. God's got so many other things to do. He's got no time to show up in your weight. There's no way. And the enemy will always make God look like a taker instead of a giver. Always. And in the midst of that, we lose focus. Listen to this. The, the third thing we do is we just quit. Ah, just, there's too many people here. I, I just can't. I don't want to wait in line. I, I'll pick up just one or two things at, at the quick mart. I, I just, uh, I'll just go in lie to my wife and say that they were out of everything you put on the list. <laughs> Not that I have any experience in that. Look at this scripture. Exodus 16, the Israelites said to them, the leaders in the community, the Jewish people, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. What happens is I grumble. I say, oh, gosh, I can't believe we're I can't believe all the Well, the long way, the long way, why didn't we go the short way? Why can't you just answer my prayer right now? Because it's been 15 years. I mean, 15 is a long time. I can handle 10. But 15, that's out of control. I begin to grumble. The Israelites go, what are we doing here? The Israelites lose focus. They say, look, you brought us out here to starve. And God God turns around and says, what? No, I didn't. I came out here. I brought you out here because I've got a promise for you. I said there's something for you. I have something better for you than a culture and society. I have a way that I created you to live. I have this promise for you. And what I'm doing is I'm strengthening your heart in the desert, in the weight, so that I can give you and you can handle what I have for you. That's what he's saying. But what happens is they lose heart. They lose heart. He just brought us out here to starve. He just brought us out here to starve. He lose focus. And then we quit. Ah, we should just go back to Egypt. We just go back to Egypt. I mean, yeah, we're slaves, but we had pots of meat. Yeah, we're slaves, but we had... And what happens is they grumble with us. Maybe it's just me. But in the way, I just, ah, oh, Lord, what is it? And I lose focus that he's a giver, not a taker. I lose focus that he's a good God. I lose focus that he's not saying no. He's saying, don't take it out, not yet. Don't take it out. Don't take it out of the wait. See, the waiting God looks completely different than waiting for us. Because the waiting in God's economy is He's strengthening our hearts. I want to read this scripture, a little less known character in the Bible, maybe. And I want to encourage you later today, during the week, to read this, 2 Kings chapter 5. There's this man named Naaman. And listen, we're all going to learn something. Listen, ready? Because it's God's word. I want everybody to say, Ish gadol Ish, Ish, say it again, say it like passion, will you? Ish Ish-gadol. Ishkadol Naaman is an Ishgadol. He's an important man. In some translations in the Bible, he said he was a mighty man of valor. He's a commander. He's a general. History tells us that any, thousands of troops he, he commanded. Naaman is an Ishkadol, He's a man of prominence. He's a man of influence. He's an important man. During this time in the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, but especially now, a lot of these other tribes of people, they believed in their own gods. They said there was a god of the rain and a god of the sun and the moon. There was a god of the harvest. There was a god of the drought. There was a god of sex. There were all these different gods. And there was this little land, this little town, this little piece of property in the Middle East named Israel. And Israel went, no, 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 there's not many gods. There's just one god. Amen. There's just one, and His name is Yahweh. That's what set Israel apart. That's what sets Israel apart today, apart today. It says, "No, no, no! I there's all these gods. There's all these gods." It says, "Well, Naaman was what we would call. He wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe that there was only one God, Yahweh. He served a king that believed in many gods. There was a battle. There was a war going on, and a lot of the Jewish people, almost all of them, were captured." Naaman is an Ishkado. He's an important man, prominence, influence, commander-in-chief, thousands of thousands of men. But he had a problem. He had leprosy. And leprosy back then meant the gods were mad at you. The gods were punishing you. The gods were, they, they, were, they didn't show favor. They didn't have any favor for you. Naaman, one day at his home, he had a little Jewish Slave girl. He had taken some prisoners and some slaves. Slave girl was working. And the slave girl says, hey, Ishkadol, you with leprosy, you should go see my God in Israel. He'll heal you. And Naaman, of course, what? She said, yeah, yeah, the God of Israel. I bet you if you went to go see the man of God, a man named Elijah, I bet you if you went to go see him, he would heal. My God, listen to her faith, read the story. My God will heal you. Naaman, the story tells us, Naaman took the chariots and his soldiers and the horses and the flags, thousands of troops, and he goes to Israel. He finds out where this prophet named Elijah lives. He knocks on the door because I want to get healed from leprosy. I want this circumstance to go away. I want this situation to go away. I want this thing that I have that everybody looks at that's like, ah, that's not good. I want all of that to go away. Listen, Naaman's drive, his desire to get that rid of his life caused him to move towards God because he had a greater desire to get rid of what was hindering him from God. Elijah, uh, Naaman goes up to the door of Elijah. He knocks on the door. Servant opens the door. And Elijah's in the back watching the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Boston Red Sox. It was weird, but that's what was happening. All right? <laughs> Elijah doesn't even come. Elijah doesn't even come to the door. Listen, read the story. He doesn't even come to the door. He sends a servant. Yeah, who is that? It's Naaman. He's got leprosy. I'm not getting up. He's an Ishkadol. He's an important man. Commander, influence, valor, man of valor. He says, tell him, tell him to dip seven times in the river Jordan. He'll be good. <laughs> he doesn't even come to the door. What, is he crazy? Listen to the story. Second Kings 5, Elijah sent a messenger to say to him, go. Messenger to say to him, go. Wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman, but Naaman went away angry and sad. I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. So he turned and went off in a rage. Do you know who I am? I'm an Ishgadol. I'm a mighty man of valor. I command thousands of people. Why do I have to, Why do I have to wait? Seven times? That's ridiculous. That's insane. That's 27 items in a 10-item lane, lady. (laughs) I don't want to have to wait because I'm important. I don't want to have to wait because I think I'm above. I don't want to have to wait because it's not too long. Six minutes, power level seven, microwaved corn. No, three minutes is good for me. I'm not going to wait, and I'm angry. You have no idea who I am. You see, it was tough for Naaman. To wait. What did he say? I want it now. I thought he'd just come to the door, wave his hand over my leprosy, boom, be gone. I mean, Because that's kind of what we live in. When I want something, I want it now. When I want to talk to a friend, I text them. And they text right back. When I want something and I, get, I want to buy something, I go to the store and I get it. Waiting in God's economy is completely different than the way you and I wait. Waiting, He, refi- he what he does is he strengthens our hearts. Like he did Moses and the Israelites, he strengthens our hearts. With Naaman, hey, go seven times. I'm not doing that seven times. That's crazy. Look at this scripture. It says that Naaman, so he went down. And this won't be in your notes. I, I, I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Just watch, listen to this because it's incredible. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants, the army, everybody. Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God, Elijah. And he stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Why? Why? Wait, I don't want to wait. Imagine seven times, Ishkadol, big shot. I don't want to wait because this is what I don't want to do. I don't want to do something that doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to do something that doesn't make sense to me. What I want to do is I want to fit it in my brain. I want to reason it. And if I can't give it a reason, I can't give it a purpose, and I can't make sense of it, well, then I don't want to be part of it. Understand in this story that obedience, obedience precedes God's provision in our life. I'm going to do something, I'm going to be obedient to what He says, the man of God, even though I don't understand it. And whether it's three minutes or eight minutes, I will wait for him to show up, because he is God and I am not. That's the idea. See, in God's economy, waiting, he strengthens our hearts. But what we would say is that Naaman, Naaman became a Christian. Naaman said, now I know that there is no other God. But in all of Israel, Naaman's heart changed. And I can only imagine that the first time, this is stupid, dipping seven times in the River Jordan. Dip number four, Ah, still nothing, still nothing. Why seven? Why can't it be five? Why 15? Why can't it be two? Why three? Why can't it be a minute and a half? Dip number six is, is, are people watching? Because this is embarrassing. This is ridiculous. I'm an Ishkado. I want you to write this down. God uses the weight to refine our hearts. God uses the weight to strengthen our hearts. God uses the weight to refine our hearts. Look at the definition of refine. What does it say? To free from impurities and unwanted material. He refines it. Listen, let me tell you why I name it seven times. Because every time you dip and every time you do something you don't understand and you can't reason away, what I'm doing is I'm breaking down the thing that don't belong, your pride. What, what I'm doing in the weight, what I'm doing in the weight, I'm strengthening your heart. What I'm doing in the weight is I'm refining your heart. I'm, I'm taking that thing away from you. That self-reliance you have because you're at Ishkadol. I'm bringing you to another awareness. What we would say in the weight, he strengthens our hearts. In the weight, he refines our hearts. In the weight, he's drawing us closer. He's changing and refining our hearts to make us more oriented towards him. Because before Naaman, God who? Where? God what? Now I know that there is no other God but in all of Israel. And I, and I want you to get this. To God, the waiting time is not wasting time. To God, the waiting time is not... Listen, when you are Italian, <laughs> I, wanna, I want everything conquered, kill it, and I want to drag it home on Thursday, and I want to celebrate it by Friday at lunch. I just want to stare at the microwave for three minutes for the corn. And what happens in the wait is we're so anxious to get out of the weight that we don't sit and examine what he's teaching us. There's a reason why the journey for the Israelites took 40 years and not two weeks. I got to get something inside you. I got to get something. Listen to me. I got to get you to understand something. I got to get you to depend on me. I got to get you to come to me. I got to get you to rely on me. I got to get you to only point towards me. I got to get you to only think about me. I got to be your first, your first option, not your last resort. I've got to be the only thing that you come to when you hit the obstacle, when you hit the situation. There's a reason why the wait was 40 years and not just two weeks. See, in the wait, he strengthens it because because the waiting time to God is not wasting time. And we'll think he's mad and we'll think he doesn't want to deal with us. We'll think he's, he does not answer him. We'll think that, oh, where are you? What are you doing? What's, yeah. And the reality, God's just saying not yet. In reality, God's, God's going, we're not wasting, we're not wasting time. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to get you to seek at a level like you'd never before so I can tell you and I can show you who I am like never before. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's the idea. And I'm going to say it this morning. I said it first service, and it's, it's, it's for this church and it's for you. God's not mad at you. Amen. I'm strengthening your heart. I'm refining your heart. I'm, I'm going to free you of that impurity. We all have different ones. We all have different name and pride, self-reliance. Egotism. God's not mad. God's waiting time is not wasting. He loves you. He cares. What will happen is I want to get it out. I want to, I got to get it out and I'll take it out. I'll just, I'll just, it's too long. I can't. And it's just not the way he intended Because I could take you the shorter way, but you wouldn't be able to handle it. And I don't want you to turn from me. So I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going with you while I strengthen you and while I refine you. Amen? Amen? Bow your heads let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord, so much. Lord, that we heard today, Lord, in your house, we heard your voice through your word. Lord, that you're always with us, that you haven't left us, but you're always working even when we don't see it. Lord, even in the waiting, the waiting on our prayers to be answered, the waiting on a healing, the waiting for a job, the waiting for a relationship, the waiting uh, for you to fix a a circumstance, the waiting uh, for you to fix a situation. Lord, cause us to ask, what are you teaching me? With our heads bowed this morning, uh, there are people in God's house this morning that for the first time, they're realizing from His word, from hearing His word, that, that God's not mad. God doesn't want you to turn away like the Israelites. He wants you to come towards him. This morning is different for you. God doesn't want you to turn away from him. He wants you to come towards him. Don't turn away because of the waiting. Because he loves you and he cares. So I'm going to ask a very, very simple question. Is Jesus the only God in all of Israel, now in all the world? Is Jesus the center of your heart and the center of your mind? This is America. We all know about him, but very few believe and follow. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him into your mind and heart, like at another level, at another level like Naaman did. Yeah, I've heard of that God, but now I know that there is no other God in all of Israel because you realize he's not mad, because you realize in the waiting he's working, and you realize in the waiting he's not wasting time. very simple at the chapel in Florida, and I know here at Connect Community with Pastor Derek and his staff, it was just very simple. It's a time, it's a prayer, it's a prayer of commitment, and if that's you, I want you to repeat it after me very simply. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, Lord, forgive me for not doing and saying the things I was created to do and say. Lord, I need your forgiveness. Lord, I know you love me. I know you care. This morning, I make you the center of my heart and my mind. I make you the Lord of my life. I follow you and this morning I know that there is no other God but Jesus this morning I receive your forgiveness and I receive your grace and today I follow you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. I love you. Listen, I get, to, I get to do this. Pastor, one second. If we could stand for a second, I love when we get to do this. I want you to know something. There is not a Sunday or a weekend that goes by. You can say it's weird. You can say it's funny. I don't like the way that sounds, but I love your pastor. And you guys are blessed to have this staff, to have Miss Stacy, and to have Pastor Derek. And I love that man. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. There's not a weekend that goes by that we don't pray for you in Tarpon Springs, Florida. Bow your heads. Let me say a blessing over you. Thank you, Lord, so much. And may the God who is immeasurably able to do more than you could ever ask or imagine, may he bless you. May he watch over you. May he make himself more known to you this week than ever before. And may you seek him at levels like never before. May he be the center of your mind and your heart and your home. And may you be found in the house of the Lord. And everybody in God's house said, amen. I love you guys.